This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace the tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to another episode of Horsepower Happenings on a overcast Monday uh, in my area, getting some much-needed rain. It's kind of scattered across the state, but it's looking good for racing this weekend. Whole lot to talk about. Two great interviews, a Hall of Famer, and uh, maybe a future NASCAR Cup Series star. You never know. All that coming up, but first, let's see what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Germantown, Ohio's Bill Burba won with the Modifieds of Mayhem on Saturday at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Led every lap in route to what was an emotional win where he got choked up in victory lane as they presented him with an iconic Nashville guitar. Doug Kobe, the multi-time modified champion at Stafford Motor Speedway, picked up Saturday night's inaugural SRX Racing Series event, holding off Greg Biffle for the win. The series now heads to the west, and they'll go to the dirt, picking up Knoxville Speedway, or Knoxville Raceway, rather, Saturday night. And young money is now made of money. The NASCAR Cup Series superstar took home a million dollars Sunday night after winning his second All-Star race in a row, 2019 and 2021. Of course, he didn't compete in 2020. This is the third Cup Series win in a row for Larson, who, by the way, is not done racing. He's in a sprint car tonight somewhere in Ohio. And those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me. Good evening, sir. Hey, Zach, how are you? I had a great time uh, this weekend. I spent a little bit of time at Flat Rock and saw some outstanding racing at 400 laps at the Flat Rock Speedway. If that won't put you to sleep, but it did. You would think it would, but it wasn't. It, it was great racing at Flat Rock all night on Saturday night. Friday, got some rainouts around here, so uh, di- didn't do as well. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I got a chance to go down to Nashville and, and watch uh, Burba pick up a dominating win at the fairgrounds, and uh, man, it was a good weekend, and I'm looking forward now. I get a couple of weeks back here in, in Michigan to go see some racing, and so it's going to be a lot of fun, but man, we missed a couple of really good shows down south uh, in the Buckeye State over the last uh, about a week, it felt like they were racing down at Eldora. Well, they almost were. They were there for four days, Zach, uh, with four preliminary feature victories in Crown Jewel events leading up or at Eldora over the last four years. Brandon Overton had been knocking on the door of his first big one at the Big E for what seemed like an eternity. But on Thursday night, Big Sexy finally broke through for $127,000 in the 27th annual uh, Dirt Late Model Dream, outrunning multiple past Eldora winners en route to sealing the win. Tim McCready and Kyle Bronson would complete the podium. And Zach, he wasn't done yet as Eldora hosted the 26th late model dirt dream on Friday and Saturday. Obviously the makeup for the postponed 2020 version. 
And on Saturday, Overton completed one of the greatest achievements in dirt track racing history with his fourth consecutive feature win in four nights, sweeping both the 27th and the 26th running of the Dirt Model Dream uh, for an incredible $273,000 in total prize money. Chris Madden and Chris Ferguson would complete the podium on the final night. The Evans Georgia driver is now only the second driver in history to win back-to-back dreams, joining eight-time event winner Scott Bloomquist with that achievement, which he conquered in 2017 and 2018. Yeah, man, what a what a when somebody told me that because I had missed it from racing, they said Overton swept, and I thought, no way, two hundred seventy-three thousand dollars, not a bad week's work. <laughs> not a bad week at all, huh, Zach? Hey, for the first time in nearly a decade, the Interstate Racing Association, better known as IRA, bumper-to-bumper sprints made the trip to Michigan. The Wisconsin-based series came to the Mitten State for the first time since 2012, contesting Hartford Speedway. Now, here's how it went. Features all set up, ready to go, and the IRA regulars made up the first two rows of the starting lineup. Scott Neitzel started outside of row one and got an early jump on shoot. Got out to an early lead. The first caution came as Brett Mann came to a stop on the front stretch. Neitzel, no issues getting the lead back after the restart. Shoot in tow. Now, Blackhurst gets around shoot with a nice slider as Max Stambaugh, Ryan Rule started their drive toward the front. And the battle was heating up for third as shoot, Stambaugh, and Rule, they're all over each other. And then Andy Ryan came in to uh, break up the party, basically. He stops in turn one. I'm sorry, in turn four. Coming in to stop as well, Jeremy Schultz, who ended up uh, in the work area before getting back on track. A return to green didn't change the top two. Stambaugh and Rule, though, worked around shoot for third before the yellow came back out for Jack Berger. Stambaugh, Rule, they're all over each other once again. Blackhurst for second. However, the top four stayed unchanged. And the final caution came on uh, on the night when four cars tangled up, including uh, pole sitter Kyle Shute. Neitzel navigated the last restart and motored his way to a victory. Points leader Jack uh, Jake Blackhurst finished second as local standball rule and Daggett round out the top five. Schultz rounded, uh, rebounded rather from his rough start to go 17th to 8th, picking up a hard charger award. And then Rich, the IRA sprints, moved to Wilmot Speedway in Wisconsin on Saturday. There's a trek for you, Hartford to Wilmot. Uh, Neitzel went back to back, giving him two victories on the weekend. And Zach, staying on the dirt, uh, how about Brandon Thurlby in his Dirt Car UMP late model this weekend, picking up a pair of wins in two days. First, on Friday night at Winston Speedway, Thurlby came from the outside of the front row to pick up the win over fellow Buckley, Michigan native uh, Greg Gokey. Rich Neeser finished third over Spangler and Nick Kurtz. Uh, and then on Saturday, after a rain delay up at, up at Merritt, Thurlby raced his way to the win from the fifth starting spot uh, to pick up the victory, Spangler brought it home second with Cody Bauer third, who had a big run from the tail. Uh, Ryan Lampier fourth, and David Milky would round out the top five at Merritt. Now, you made an interesting observation about Brandon. You said uh, it took a little time, but now all of a sudden this guy, you can't keep the M14 out of victory lane, it seems like. Yeah, you know, we, we, we all know we even talked to him about, uh, you know, all the frustrations of 2020, all the problems he had uh, health-wise as well. And just could never get anything rolling or get any flow last year. And it took him a couple weeks this year, I think, to get comfortable, you know, back being in that race car. He just didn't get sure. to run as many races last year. And uh, it sure seems like he's really comfortable now, Zach. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, he, he he's 
racking up the wins, and you're going to have to watch for him as well as the uh, weeks go on. Let's get to the pavement side. Bobby Santos the third went to victory lane Saturday night at Berlin Raceway. Yes, that's right. They ran two races in one week at Berlin. Santos lapped nearly the entire field and route to the win with the uh, Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints after 30 laps around the unique racetrack. Brian Gerster came home in second. How about Phil Bozell, the uh, outlaw super late model standout, making his sprint car debut Saturday, brings it home on the podium in third place. So a nice job to Phil, who uh, got the job done. He got a call. He was going He was going to go up north for a weekend vacation, Rich. Somebody calls him and says, hey, you want to run a sprint car? Duh. <laughs> so he ends up at Berlin, brings home a third-place finish. Nice job. Well, let's qualify that. If somebody asks Rich France if he wants to go run a sprint car or go up north, I'm saying bring the cooler, load the cooler in the truck. I'm going up north, okay? Because I got no parts of, of a wing sprint car uh, at, at Berlin or anywhere else. But, uh, I mean, that just shows you how, how talented Phil is. Uh, it doesn't take him long. He gets in there, and he uh, he, he did test in that car, uh, so he did have a little bit of a feel for it. But, for sure. Uh, yeah, no, that, that was his first start, so congratulations to him. Uh, Zach, Cody Coughlin made himself at home. Uh, with uh, Anderson Speedway victory lane uh, over the years in CRA competition, but not even a thunderstorm warning could slow him down on Saturday night, leading the final 71 laps to score his fifth win at Anderson overall and his second with the Jake CRA All-Stars Tour this season. Uh, the defending series champion set fast time in qualifying earlier in the evening and made quick work of the field, taking the lead on lap 29 and never looking back. It was the third time he won at Anderson in the past two seasons, uh, taking two of three Arca Sierra Super Series races last year. Uh, Mason Keller made a late race charge back to the field to finish second. Indianapolis racer, area racers Josh Cave and J.P. Crabtree finished third and fourth, while former Red Bud winner Steve Dorer rounded out the top five. The Jake Sierra All-Stars Tour will return to action on Sunday, June 27th at Ohio's Kilcare Raceway. And uh, they'll have a special driver with them at Killcare coming up on the 27th uh, amidst his running with the Superstar Racing Experience. Did you hear this? Bombi Labonte will be climbing behind the wheel of a template late model at Killcare to uh, to race with the, the Jegs Tour, which I think is going to be pretty cool. Yeah, Bobby Labonte, it, it seems like he uh, maybe wants to kind of start doing what uh, Kenny Wallace has been doing. Yeah. Maybe do some short track racing and have some fun. Well, he's been I doing mean, some stuff in the modifieds. Exactly. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Kenny talked to him and, and maybe Schrader talked to him as well and said, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing what we're doing. Why don't you come out and give it a shot? So maybe he's giving it a try. I feel like these old guys though, are going to be whooped after six weeks with SRX. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> Hey, let's talk about some more local racing. Reveal the Hammer, the Outlaw Super Late Model Series, ran its third race of the year inaugural season at Berlin Raceway on Wednesday. Brian Bergaker set fast time by more than a tenth of a second over current point leader Steve Needles. Doug True, Trevor McCoy made up the front row of the 13-car field that was set with an inversion of eight. McCoy pa uh, paced the field in the early going as drivers settled in for the 100-lap grind. Adam Terry, the first to make a move when he took the lead from McCoy on lap 15, he put distance on the field as Bergaker would take over second on lap 20, and Needles followed him. J.R. Rorig made great moves to travel from the rear to the field up to fifth during the same time, but on lap 31, that effort came to an end when Rorig slowed and brought out the first caution with a flat right front tire. Rorig went to the pits to change the tire and return to the rear of the field. On the next lap on the restart, Monty Tolan lost the car into turn two, 
and hit the wall, bringing out the second and final caution of the race. Roerig went back to the pits, and this during this caution and never returned to the speedway, he'll be scored in 11th. On the restart, Terry set sail again, but Burgaker kept the distance to a minimum as the field strung out all over the half mile. Once they hit the lap 50 mark, Burgaker seemed to turn on the heat. He repeatedly pressured uh, Terry at every corner until lap 59 when he was able to get underneath of the number four machine and take over the lead. Needles caught the two while they battled. It took him until lap 76, though, to finally get around Terry into second place. By that time, though, Burgaker, he gone. Terry dropped out on lap 82 and finished seventh. Burgaker finished off the 68-lap green flag run and won round three of Reveal the Hammer. Needles kept pace but had to settle for second. Sean Amore, the final car left on the lead lap after the long green flag run, was third. Mike Root fourth and Brian Maxim fifth. Both one lap down. So that question for you real quick with these outlaws. Uh, seems like, you know, t Tyler Roerig is, is kind of taking his time. He's not going to run all, a whole bunch of outlaw races, it seems like, with the with getting time in his sprint car. Um, does this seem to you early, you know, still early in the 2021 season, does this seem like it's going to be the Burgaker and Needles show, or is there room <laughs> for somebody else? Yeah, I think that, you know, the interesting thing is, you kind of have pockets, right? So if you're talking about Spartan or Corgan Oil, you're talking about the Bozells, right? If you're talking about, um, well, apparently Berlin, you're going to have to talk about Burgaker and Needles. But anytime that I think Tyler Rorig shows up, if you're not throwing his name into the hat to win, you're probably looking the, the wrong direction um, because he said it. He, he finished second at the Kalamazoo Clash and kind of blame the tires on why he couldn't track down needles i think he believes he had a better car but that he just fell short on the tires needles did what he needed to to get the win i don't know it's interesting when i think outlaws i'm thinking bozells and Rorigs as of right now yeah and you're probably right you know because and, and i guess it depends because they're what we have to do is get them all showing up at the same place at exactly the same time. yes and i don't know if that's going to happen this year but we'll have to see but uh, i'm you know what, we'll just make calls out to all of them and just tell them, hey, meet us here, and oh, let's have a race. Um, but I, that's what we need to do. I think there's one of those going to happen in September, a little bit later on in the season, um, maybe around a bad, fast half mile. <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. You may see, yeah, you may see them all there for that one, too. Uh, that would be nice. Yeah, for sure. Hey, what else is going on? Well, Mother Nature made an appearance and uh, tried to steal the show for the, uh, the big money in the b bank race for the Arca Sierra Super Series uh, and the Budweiser Super Late Models on Wednesday at Berlin Raceway uh, and Entertainment Complex. Right before qualifying was to begin, a massive thunderstorm hit the property, completely drenching everything. Everyone took cover while the storm moved through, and the summer-like temperature dried everything out fairly quickly, and there was only a slight delay uh to the night schedule, Brian Campbell out-qualified the field, uh, and the inversion was set at nine. This brought a groan over the 24-car field as this put Carson Hosevar on the poles act. Uh, as they took the green, Hosevar edged out uh, Eric White going into turn one for the lead, but that didn't get far as the field went into turn three. A slight stack-up collected veteran driver Joe Bush and Samantha Stewart who uh, went into the outside wall, ending the night for both of them. Uh, this brought out the only red flag of the event uh, to get the two crippled cars back to the pit area. On the restart, all competitors to seem to be a, a little more patient, uh, and everyone settled in for their 150-lap ride. On lap 10, 
White actually got around Hosovar and led the race as it seemed Carson was falling back and saving tires. Rorig even got by him for a, for just a moment on lap 12. Rich, may I say, now for the rest of the story. <laughs> uh, I knew it wasn't going to end that way. Yeah, Hosovar, eh, he passed the two back and was leading again on lap 23, then by lap 36. So second caution flag of the race for Tom Thomas, who spun at this point, top five. Hosovar, White, Kyle Crump, Rorig, and Evan Schottko. Another caution. Lap 41. And uh, fast qualifier, Brian Campbell. What a tough couple of seasons for that team in that 47 machine. He goes back to the pit area. Crew raises the hood. And uh, that was the end of the night on lap 52 for Brian Campbell. 50 laps. Green flag run comes to an end on lap 91. A competition caution comes out. And then only two more cautions would fly the remainder of the way. One was for Lauren Bush, who spun on lap 139. The other for Kyle Crump, Rich, with three laps to go, who spun in turn four, battling for position on the lap 139 caution. Seneca ducked into the pit area and never returned as the car was suffering some rear-end problems. Both restarts, by the way, Carson Hosevar didn't have a problem. He pulled ahead of White and regained the lead, taking him to his second straight Money in the Bank victory. Derek Griffith, by the way, made the most of his lap 91 adjustments and wrestled his way up to a second-place finish after restarting ninth. White held on for a third-place finish and was followed by Nate Wilson. And how about this? Rookie Blake Rowe, running a really good race, finishes in fifth. Jesse Love, Rorig, Stephen Dorr, Thomas, and Stephen Nassie all rounded out the top five. And now, Rich, it's our pleasure to bring in the driver who dominated on Wednesday. And, of course, we're going to talk about more than just Wednesday. But, uh, Rich, let us know who we're chatting with. Yeah, Zach, well, in between his work with the uh, his regular job, let's say, with the number 42 Nice Motorsports Chevrolet in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, this young man found a way to pick up his second Money in the Bank 150 in a row last Wednesday. And uh, he was able to do something else pretty cool a couple weeks ago. We'll talk about that. Uh, makes his home in Portage, Michigan. Carson Hosevar, welcome back to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you uh, letting me have the time. Man, first of all, my friend, uh, before we get into the racing stuff, congratulations on your high school graduation. I know it was tough getting that completed with all the racing you've been doing, um, but it had to be feel pretty good. And then to be able to come home and enjoy the ceremony, that had to make it even better. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it was it was definitely tough. It was definitely coming down to the wire uh, on, uh, on on graduating just with being so busy and stuff and, uh, you know, going back and forth and the whole online deal. But, uh, you know, glad I can have a, a real graduation ceremony. Uh, you know, they lifted the COVID restrictions and allowed us. And, you know, I got to meet a handful of kids that I was school members with that I never even met. So it was uh, – it was interesting, but glad I could do it. My family was all there. So. Rich, was, I, uh, I, I, was, I was floored when you said graduating from high school. Carson, we've been talking <laughs> about you for so long, man. I forget that you still are, you know, as young as you are and just trying to still do some of the kid things that are, that are you know, required of your age. But uh, the, the amount of fun you're having in this race car right now, uh, that's probably outweighing a lot of other things. You really just... You're taking the world by storm right now. Can you kind of believe everything that's uh, revolving around you right now with the trucks and with your late model success and just how everything's going? Are you able to soak it in, or is it just a little bit surreal? Uh, it's a little bit surreal. Uh, 
you know, it's the racer in me wants to win so bad that it overcomes, it, it's overshadowing, you know, how good we're actually doing and how good this team is, has really t- stepped it up the last few weeks that, you know, we're just so hungry. Like I'm in the shop right now. Uh, the last guys just left at 6.30 and they're only technically supposed to be working till, till four. So they're all so hungry as just as me that we all want to win just as bad as anybody in the field. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit more. Uh, so, so hopefully we can do that this week. Now, last Wednesday or last Wednesday, you jump back in that 71 VRD machine and pick up your second money in the bank, 150 in a row. Of course, last year's was a little different uh, with COVID and they kind of squeezed it in. But this year, some pretty tough competition made their trip to Berlin, but it really didn't matter. Yeah, uh, I think they all got the, the bit by the Berlin bug. <laughs> on uh, tuning yourself out in practice. I saw everybody was, you know, I was really tight and kind of struggling a little bit. You know, obviously we changed cars, had, uh, you know, in practice we were, we were terrible. Uh, you know, changed cars from the regular 71 to one of mine, my cars, and put a 71 on it. Thankfully, Tom, K-Mac, TK, Johnny, Butch, they're all so committed to, you know, making sure we had a shot to win that race that, you know, they were all, plenty comfortable with switching cars and you know we finally clicked uh clicked last second of practice that you know i knew we'd have to be really secure have a lot of drive off and you know got a little tight lost the lead uh the lap 15 right where right where we'd get loose with the other car you know everybody started getting sideways and uh you know we could just motor around around them now you you show up and and you, and you look at this you know we go back to this entry list i mean Derek griffith who's who's won about everything so far early this year he's won a lot of races uh steven nassie's won a bunch of races and and steven really didn't have probably the the performance he wanted but derek was doing all right you just had to kind of get away from those cautions at the end didn't you yeah uh you know i think it was it was me versus eric white honestly uh you know he we're a little bit better than him um but he was he was right there in tow that, uh, you know, he, he definitely kept me honest there uh, throughout the whole race. Um, so it definitely wasn't wasn't easy. It definitely wasn't, you know, half a track lead or anything. But the last few restarts, uh, you know, he even mentioned it that, you know, I just kind of took him to school a little bit um, just to kind of jump out and make sure that, you know, he was fighting with Derek there at the end. This is an awesome win for you and a couple of reasons. One, as Rich mentioned, back-to-back. But the other is you get a chance to return to your home track. We think back a couple of years ago when uh, you actually had to go find somewhere else to race because of NASCAR rules. Now you're a NASCAR guy coming back to race locally. How was the feeling for you going back to a track where you started, but now you've got a little bit of that na- that uh, national recognition for your work in the truck series? What was it like to go back home? Uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool surreal to you know kind of have that that idea of atmosphere you know i got to be teammates with eric jones when i was growing up and he was sort of on that break too you know he's been xfinity and you know you know break of cup deal and obviously i'm well away from cup but just to have you always dreamt of being that uh that that guy uh so to be able to come back and, and kind of be looked at like like uh like like a NASCAR guy almost um was was special and and surreal that you know I don't I don't think that cause, I mean it's only been a year or two since I'd never even had a truck ride or anything but uh you know it's definitely uh 
definitely a cool experience for me just having all that that kind of come back and you know what i dreamt of um you know kind of start to fruition or so the other day I was talking uh, on my day job on the radio and I said, watch this Carson Hosevar kid from Portage because I believe he will be the next Eric Jones or Brad Keselowski, the next guy that people from Michigan are going to root for on Sundays. When you look at your career, and you kind of already led me into this, when you look at your career, it doesn't sound like you're looking forward to that in a way that you're overlooking what you're doing right now. You sound very focused on just showing up on Fridays getting in that truck and trying to win races and, and that's kind of where it stops you're not you're not overlooking or overshadowing your responsibilities right now it doesn't sound like yeah i mean i mean that's all you can do i mean if you're so focused on on the future you'll lose track of of, of right now or uh you won't enjoy this right now like i don't i mean racing's very tough very difficult very cutthroat here we all know there's a lot of money involved. You either got to bring some, somebody's got to believe in you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a surreal deal to have this, this opportunity with me, uh, you know, this year that I don't know what the future presents, but I just, I want to win this year and, and give it 110%. And if I get a call tomorrow and Nice Motorsports doesn't, doesn't want anything to do with me or, or, and I got no other job offers that, you know, I'll feel good about it. I left everything on the table. Um, and, you know, I've gotten asked multiple times, what, what are you doing next? You got a truck deal, a city deal. I don't, I don't know, to be honest. Like, you know, they don't, teams don't call up anymore, really, like they do. But, uh, you know, Nice Motorsports, you know, I'll, I'll live and die by them. And they're, they're a big family to me. So I want to make sure that if anybody's going to put them back in victory lane, it's going to be me. Now, pretty good performance this weekend. If anybody watched any of the racing from Texas, tough racetrack. You bring it home 11th, um, but you've been hanging around that top 10 and that top five all season long. Um, I think you're going to you're gonna bag one of these things in the near future. Um, you feeling just as confident? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, Texas, we, we really struggled. Um, you know, as we were talking about earlier in the shop, um, you know, our stem – is so important without practice. Like everybody lives and dies or relies on your sim, and you're only as good as your sim data because uh, that's the only thing you can really rely on unless you go off notes from last year or this and that. Um, but most of the time you go off your sim, and our sim was just a little off. It was a spot on at Charlotte, and, you know, we ran really good, ran second, and, uh, you know, we just missed it this week, so we got to get our tire data and everything back on track. Uh, you know, luckily with Nashville, we got practice and we can get back to back to basics a little bit. But, um, you know, I think our biggest struggle is 11th place at Texas. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just fine. Now, you mentioned Nashville. Uh, this is a, a racetrack that a lot of people are watching and uh, a lot of people are excited to go back. The Rackley Roofing 200 from Nashville. How are you feeling going into this one? 150 laps, just under 200 miles. Um, and, and this is a track that nobody's been on in a long time. And for you, this is a track that, I mean, you were pretty young when they quit racing there. So how are you feeling going into this weekend? I mean, I feel good. Uh, you know, it's all these guys are, are going to these tracks for the first, this maybe their first time. And, and shoot, I've been doing it all year. So this is just normal, <laughs> normal day, normal week for me. Uh, so with, with practice and everything, I feel good. You know, I'm not, I think without this practice stuff, uh, you know, I think it's made everybody such a better race car driver that, you know, you unload for practice, you, you, 
your balls to the wall right away. You know, Charlotte, we went straight to P2 in practice, like 1,000s off. Like, like if I never had a shot to learn how to race without practice and, you know, adapt to a track right away, that, you know, I would have been getting my warm and fuzzies, like half a second off, you know, just trying not to be timid or anything. But, <laughs> I mean, everybody's so used to flying her down into one that, you know, I mean, that's what everybody does now. Now let's look. I want to look through the rest of the Camping World Truck Series schedule quickly here because uh, you're going to go back to Darlington toward the end of the year. Um, and when you go back to Darlington, this is the track that you got your first second place finish at earlier this season. The thing about this race, though, is that it is after the playoffs have already started. Now, are you going to be uh, confident that you'll be in the playoffs by that point? Do you think you'll be racing for a championship when they uh, roll around in September? I mean, I think so. You can never be too confident. I mean, we still got four races, and a lot can happen in four races. But when you're 44 to the good, 12 to the next guy, uh, you know, to pass him, uh, you know, I think the next guys behind me, I either got to have a lot of lot of bad races or they're going to have to win and, and, and really put the pressure on me um you know luckily the guys behind me uh you know haven't haven't been front runners uh sure. you know, as of winning so hopefully that trend continues and uh you know we can just point our way in or or win ourselves um and, and yeah, you so and you've probably got this date circled on your calendar i can assume right headed back to darlington oh absolutely we got you know i think that's one that I still dream about that. That might have slipped away. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't know how how we could have got it just because all the cautions just fell at wrong times. But uh, if that went green, I think we could have drove around that four truck. Now I heard you're also going to have a very busy weekend this coming weekend because I got a phone call when I was sitting in the tower at Flat Rock Speedway, and they said you're coming back home for the Van Dorn Racing Development 125. Is that correct? Yes, sir. We can't wait to have you at Flat Rock. I'm the. I'm sure the fans are all waiting. Uh, we'll have a fun time. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I've, I've tried to do that race, I think, twice, and it's rained out both times. So hopefully it doesn't. Hopefully we can uh, win the Van Doren 125. I only found out like a few days ago that they were sponsoring it. So yeah, uh, yeah there's a little pressure there now, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> you got to put, put a JVD car in victory lane during his race. Uh, Carson, man, I know you're busy. you got a lot going on right now. It has been an absolute pleasure to be here in Michigan. I know that you are aware of the fan base that you have here in the state. Uh, we're rooting for you, man. We're, we're all watching the TVs and, and listening to the radio as much as we can. And so uh, we want to say good luck. And hopefully, maybe uh, in November, we can talk to you after you've bagged that rookie of the year or maybe even that championship. Perfect. Thank you, guys. All right, Carson. That's Carson Hosevar. He won the Money in the Bank on Wednesday, and he'll be racing this weekend at uh, Flat Rock, and then you can catch him coming up uh, at Nashville Super Speedway on Friday the 18th. Well, our thanks to Carson Hosevar, and, and also on the Truck Series schedule is a little dirt track racing action. He'll get to go to Knoxville in a couple of weeks, but local dirt track racing action. How about this, Rich? $5,000 to win, $300 to start. Winston Speedway this Friday, June 18th. The Sunoco American Late Model Series will be in action. Um, it's going to be a great show. We've, we talked about Brandon Thurlby getting the win there. Winston has been home to some really good late model racing this year. They made the switch to go Dirt Car UMP earlier this season, and they have not been disappointing at all, Rich. We were there early in the season before the switch, saw a fantastic race on a dry, slick track, 
and that track doesn't disappoint either when it's got moisture in it. Expect that this Friday night, uh, $5,000 to win, $300 to start, Sunoco American Late Model Series this coming Friday. Gates open at 5 o'clock, and you'll get racing action shortly thereafter. I'm sorry, pit gates open at 4, regular gates open at 5, hot laps at 6.30, and uh, then you'll see Mini Wedge Heat Races starting at 7.15. Expect uh, ALMS qualifying on the track at 8 o'clock. Only 20 bucks. That's all it'll take to get you through the door. So check it out. If you need more information, racewinstonspeedway.com or give them a call at 231-508-3030. All right, Rich, well, let's uh, bring in another guy who we know probably has some opinions on some things. But we're not here to talk about his opinion tonight, Rich. We're here to congratulate and talk about the successes of one of our uh, very own and now a new Hall of Famer. Let us know who we're talking to. Well, Zach, uh, you know, you, you could hear him announcing for many years at Corrigan Oil Speedway, uh, currently calling the action Owasso and Birch Runs Dixie Speedway. Uh, also joined us this year in 2021 to help us out on Horsepower Happenings when he had the time. But last week, we found out he'll be inducted into the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame in November. Ed Enlos, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Well, thank you, gentlemen, and uh, glad to be here. And, um, yeah, hard to believe, and, uh, isn't it? Yeah, man, a big congratulations from us and everybody on the HPH team. Um, man, you've got to be beyond thrilled when you heard that news last week. Yeah, it, it was. That's one way to put it. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> they got me pretty good. Um, I, you know, I submitted a bio a while ago. Um, it was when I started doing bios for people, and I read all the rules, and I went, "Wow, I qualify." <laughs> How about that? Um, well, they end up changing the rules since then and actually my file sat there and just got dust on it because you have to be 55 now you know them rules change so oh i'm there now so that that's not a problem but <laughs> when i first put my bio in and i wasn't so um it just sat there but when i did neil may's bio this year i um noticed my old one and seen all the inaccuracies in it so i just corrected it and sent it in um but yeah thr thrilled is is unreal because you just you do something like that and you, you know, you, of course you have the thought that you, you're going to get the call someday and everything. Right. I mean, we all, we all dream about that. Every driver dreams are going to win that, that feature almost every night they go to the racetrack, but that don't happen. Right. So, you know, you do it and you look at your career and think it, if it's worthy or not. And, you know, I look at everybody else submitted them and God, man, I, I don't know that I'd really have a chance. So. Well, I want to, I want to, well, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, so when, so when I got the call, I always felt like, you know, it's going to be from Dave to him, right? I mean, that's the guy that's going to call you. I never expected it to be from Sandy Yost. And so when she did call me, I happened to be covering the money in the bank at Berlin Speedway on Wednesday night. And I got a text from her and she said, please call me. And just the, reading the words the way I did, I immediately thought it was bad news. Sure. I thought it was really bad news. You know, whenever you get a friend that's in your circle that gets a whole deal later in the evening like that, it's never usually really good news anymore as we get older anyways. Zach, you wouldn't know about this. No, I don't. I, where I'm, coming from. I'm taking it all in, though. <laughs> did, you think she was, did you think she was telling you, how could you submit this thing? Are you serious? Is that what you no, think she was telling no, you? <laughs> no, no, because, because 
I didn't even realize or remember that she was working on the board with Hall of Fame anyways, you know? I mean, that never dawned in my head. Sandy's just my good friend, you know, as you'll see later in the conversation, you know, she's Greg Yost's sister. Greg Yost was the coattail I rode to get this award. So, you know, it's, um, I just thought she was calling to tell me bad news, guys, you know, because that's, that's, sure. just, that's just what I expected. So after the race and I'm walking out to my car, man, I'm dreading making this call. I'm dreading it, man. I'm just thinking, who is it? I'm thinking, who could it be? I hope it's not real bad. And um, she immediately let, let me off the hook. And she goes, I just had to tell you this wonderful news now. And so my heart kind of uh, a little bit wonderful. And then she told me, and yeah, I peed a little bit, screamed a lot. <laughs> and uh, made sure all my windows were open for my two hour ride home because I congratulated myself the whole way. You know, I think that's I think it's fitting, wonderfully fitting that you were at a race uh, on a Wednesday covering events you know, for us, which is fantastic because that's kind of a new chapter in your career that I think is going to be awesome. And we're happy to have you as a part of that. But I want to go back to some of the other chapters in your career. As Rich mentioned, somewhere along the way, we've probably heard you announce at a racetrack in Michigan, but take me way back, uh, Ed. How did you get started in auto racing, and, and what's the kind of transition and the, the progress leading up to this Hall of Fame career? Okay. Well, if we're going to go all the way back, uh, we got to go back to when I was a kid, just practically being born. Uh, the one thing my family did, I had uh, two older brothers and two older sisters and the youngest in the family. But the one thing we always did on Sunday night, we went to Dixie Speedway in the summertime. And uh, my earliest memories of anything is being there, you know, watching races and stuff. Uh, My my earliest memories in my four, four and five years old is getting all the matchbox and Hot Wheels cars and, I raced them, man. I had, we had a landing on our stairs and I would race them. And I guess I started, that was my first announcing gig right there. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Didn't we all start I was there? Announcing my <laughs> own races at my house as a child, you know, my dad would get so pissed at me. He, he, he would buy me these matchbox cars and they were sharp. They were awesome. But if they didn't have a number on it, out come the Crayolas and boom, they had a number on them, you know, and he would get so mad at me. Why do you do that to them, man? They're brand new. You know yeah, they got to have a number, you know, mm-hmm. you, you just don't get it. So th- that's probably my first gig right there is, is, you know, as a kid, so to speak, it wasn't paid at the time, but <laughs> you know, we went to the races all the time. Auto city is eight, eight miles uh, down the road from Dixie there. So, um, I could hear them on a Saturday night from my house. We lived about four, four and a half, five miles from auto city speedway. I could mm-hmm. always hear them. Well, I learned at eight years old at Dixie, that you could sell Mark times and popcorn and stuff like that there. And they'll let you in free and even give you like a dime for every one that you sell. That's all I needed to know, man. I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, that same premise, that same idea right there, 50 years ago, I'm using it still today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm getting in racetracks free, man. And they're giving me a little money to be there. So, you know, I mean, that was, I, it's just the next race I chase, so to speak. You know, I mean, that's that's where it all comes down to is that I just love the sport so much. And that, that's where and that was what I was going to point out, too, is that this is uh, fueled by a true passion for you that's been lifelong. I mean, through through getting married and having a family and that sort of thing. I mean, this has been a constant in your life for the course of X, Y, Z amount of years. Yes. 
Yes, that's that, that is a true statement right there. It's it's came and went in many different forms and shapes. You know, through the early part, besides the you know industrious way to to get in free when I was young. You know, I mean, um, I was just a race fan, man. Um, when Linda and I met in '87, my wife Linda, we've been we've been together since then. Um, she became my race partner, so to speak, because she was getting into it too. She was the casual NASCAR fan. Well, we started going to races together. I mean, think about it. A guy like me, where am I going to take a woman? I'm going to take her to the racetrack. <laughs> I know about it. It's exciting. You know, for me, that's a smart date, you know? Right. It depends on the woman I found out, but I found the right one, okay? That's that's the important part. For sure. And our whole relationship blossomed over me rooting for Tony Brabs and her rooting for Pat Burdell. I mean, it was like the little rivalry between us, man. We'd go to every track we knew they were racing at just to go watch them and have our little competition too, you know? And so then it got turned into where we wanted to check out other racetracks. To this day, I've, I've been to 134 different racetracks across the United States and watched some form of racing there, not counting dragways or anything like that. I'm talking oval track racing. And Linda's been to just over 100. So... That was the fandom. And I mean, we still try to add tracks to this very day, you know, and, and go and go to a track we've never been to and stuff. But the real announcing thing happened in 89. And that's that that that's how it really started to where I, I, I looked to be, you know, in the um, in the tower and stuff like that. And through a mutual friend, I worked at a convenience store. I, I managed it. And uh, a, a dude that um, I went to school with is a year ahead of me. He always come in for coffee, said hi to him. One day I asked him where he, where he worked and he told me Wacky Radio, W-A-C-Y. And right away I remembered that's the radio station that's covering the races at Auto City. You try to sit there at Auto City and sit up, you know, listening to the announcer. Granted, this is 1989, guys. Okay. Sure. 1989. You could put your little transistor radio and the, the earbud in your ear and listen to Greg call the races a lot clearer than you could try to hear the announcer over the PA system, you know, and get more details. Mm -hmm. So this guy, I'm always trying to listen to it. But the one thing I always thought is, Jesus, this guy needs some help. He's up there for four hours trying to talk the whole night through on just a couple, two, three commercials, man. And I'm someone give him some oxygen, you know, I'm thinking. <laughs> and so Larry walks in the gas station and tells me that's where he works. And the first thing I said to him, that dude needs some help. He said, well, could you help him? And I was sure. Oh yeah, I could help him. I, heck yeah. He goes, okay, well this Saturday night, go up there da, 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 and I'll be damned. I'm getting in free. <laughs> there you, <laughs> you know? go. I'm, get, I'm getting in free. So um, I go up there and I meet Greg Stevens. That was his radio name at the time. And and he was as scared to meet me as I was to meet him. He didn't know who Larry was sending him, needless to say. Nothing about it. So we just sat down and started talking racing. And he goes, well, hell, put the headsets on. Let's keep talking. And we did. And we did that till his dying day in 2006. So now I, have a, now I have a question for you. You know, I, I decided to go into this side of the, you know, this side of the racing business about seven years ago. Um, and I've talked talk to a, a lot of different announcers and everybody has a moment that they remember from their announcing career or a call that they've made. Um, mm -hmm. What is that that will stick with you un until your dying days? Well, wow. Wow. 
got me rich. Didn't pre-think that one at all. <laughs> um, I'd have to go. Uh, what first comes to mind, and I guess that's what I have to go with here because you've got me. I, like I said, I didn't pre-think this one. Well, if it first comes to mind, it's probably the right answer. Well, the, I think about probably when I was the, the, the most scared, so to speak, or, or the most, the less confident, the, 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 you know, the, the one time where it was like, oh God, here we go. And that was my very first night at Spartan. I had worked three years at Owasso and yeah, Hollywood and I had developed a style, but that just was it. It was Hollywood and I, it was just me on the mic, me doing it, you know, me, mm-hmm. nah, there's no one to go to, you know, you're not talking with back and forth with your buddy. You're calling the action. You're out talking to the fans. That first night, realizing that, you know what? I got this. I can do this. I think probably was one that sticks out most of my mind. Um, but geez, Rich, I've seen so many great races that I don't know that there's just one call I can pick out of the air that I just remember. What a question, dude. Man, you shouldn't try to be stumping a Hall of Famer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I will tell you, I, I we threw... Uh, the first time uh, we had Gary Lindahl on the show and I threw that at him, he knew exactly which one it was. Right. Really? <laughs> and I, and I guess that's the, yeah, the difference, you know, between a lot of us and stuff, you know, um, I, I don't think of necessarily my calls and stuff as, as I do, you know, different people or, or maybe events. And again, I'm going to go back to the fact that, man, I'm a race fan. You, I can, I, I can pull out some times that I've had going to a racetrack. You know what I mean? That's what's prevalent in my head. I, I don't know that I put any of my calls or anything like that as, as some huge accomplishment that I remember, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, see there, there's a call that, you know, it's kind of a funny thing between me and Zach. There is a call that I will, that I am forever known for <laughs> and we can't wait for another one to happen to get rid of it. Oh yeah. Okay. That's for sure. That's for sure. Well, I, I mean, I don't think I have any of them. Uh, uh, other people might know better than I, but. Well, Ed, you know, it's interesting. We talked about it. You're back. Uh, you're doing journalism with us, uh, which I think is a big part of what your career was and how your career started. You're back into journalism. You're back at Dixie. You're still at Owasso. It almost seems like this thing is kind of starting to come full circle for you, but n- now you've got the Hall of Fame bid. What do you do? You have any goals left for yourself, or anything that you would like to do? You mentioned that you'd still like to go to some new racetracks, but anything else on your radar that you'd still like to accomplish in your career? Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of funny because you just answered your own question there a little bit, man. I want to go hit more racetracks. I awesome. Mean, that's really what I want to do. Um, but you know, I, I I'm a local short track announcer. You know, I've accepted that a long time ago. You know, I've watched a lot of other uh, people and. Uh, um, uh, Charlie Crawl, uh, uh, Matt Prier, and different ones, you know, try to climb these ladders in the announcing world and stuff. And you know, that never was a goal for me. It, it, it never was, man. When when I got the Owasso gig in 2000, oh, man, that's that's what I had aspired for in my head for well, as for at least 13 years, anyways. You know, my wife convinced me that. I, I could be an announcer because she said I was the best announcer in the grandstands a lot of time. Cause that's what I would do with our friends as we sat there and watched racing. Cause I knew everything that was going on. Right. I mean, right. when you're in the, you just know, right. So you tell everybody and you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I know, I know that hooking up with you guys and writing has rejuvenated a lot of the, 
the juices that that flow from when you're writing a story or or when you're there covering it and you're or, or that ride home and you're writing it in your head um i used to do that with with the Iceman series and i i did enjoy that and i really seem to be enjoying this so i, I hope to continue on doing that as much as my local short track um schedule allows me to do you know but I love I love working at Owasso um, and Dixie. Like I said, 50 years I worked there before and I work there now. And I th- really think things are going to be coming around there. Um, I have nothing but but um, the positive thoughts going forward for, for Dixie. And I, I think everybody should keep an eye on that place because I think really good things are going to be happening in the future. Um, and it isn't just because I'm there either. You know, it's, it's I'm, I'm not putting this on me at all in any way, shape or form. It's just just the feeling I got, I guess, more than anything. But, but, it, but as for myself, no, man, I just want to, you know, be able to stay, stay healthy. Um, I, again, I, I didn't never plan, uh, have this penciled in for 2021 to become part of the hall of fame. <laughs> I don't think anybody that's ever been, um, um, asked to be in it has ever planned for it to happen. For sure. You know, that, 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 that would be the, the ultimate arrogance, I think, probably. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, um, and here's the last thing for you, uh, not to yeah. cut you off, but just to try to keep us a little bit on schedule here because three announcers in one room, this could go all night. Um, I know. The last question for you, we had the pleasure of, of talking with you the night that it went public that you were a Hall of Famer and the excitement still rang with you then. Has it set in that Ed Inlows is a member of the Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame? No, no, no. And I mean, what are your feelings you, when you hear that? When I say that, what what are, what are your feelings? Does your heart start pumping? Do you get excited with that still? Yeah, I get a weird look on my face, like I've got gas or something. <laughs> probably, you, know? But, um, you know, it's it's like, oh, really? It's it's. You sure you want to say it like that? Thinking, you know, I, you know, I, yeah. It's 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 going to be one. It's going to take a while to get used to. I think, guys. I mm-hmm. I, I almost. Is embarrassed the right word? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know, but it's very like, humble. Are you just humbled by it? Yeah, beyond, beyond humble. I mean, humble and honored, and and I, I will try to represent the, the position the, to the best of my ability too. You know, but mm-hmm. but to, to sit here and talk about it, you know, here we are on How Horsepower Heavens podcast. And we're talking about me. I mean, it almost <laughs> don't make no sense to this racing. You know, I mean, but you know, I guess the one thing. I don't know that I'm anything special when it comes to an announcer. I, I don't have a special, unique quality or talent. My voice isn't really super squeaky. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't do weird, anything weird that or dance or sing or anything like that. I just have always tried to call the races the way I think I would like to hear them if I'm sitting in the grandstands. That's always been my goal. And the number one rule. And I'll say this to every announcer that I'll talk to and everyone that I've ever had the, the, the privilege of mentoring or being a part of their career. The show is not about you, okay? It's nothing to do with you, really. You are there to provide all them fans all the information that you can to make them understand and, and love them heroes out in front of you performing. And, and, and that's your job, you know? I, I'm never one to try to stick my face out the front there for, for one, because of how it looks. I also didn't get, I didn't, I didn't get to the hall of fame on my good looks and my beautiful male physique either. So, you know, I, it's gotta be my personality. And when I look in my rear view mirror, there is not one bridge that I crossed 
that is on fire or even was smoking. You know, I I can't say that every relationship I've had has just been a number one hundred percent great, but it's always been applicable afterwards. Sure. You know, always. You know, I've never burnt a bridge in this business, and I've always went out of my way to try to be kind to people, no matter who they are, fans, drivers, people I work with at the track. I am no better than any of them. So I've always tried to treat them the same way. If you were going to ask me how I got in the Hall of Fame, that last couple sentences, I think, probably have more to do with it than any announcing talent that I have. Well, Ed, it's been a pleasure to chat with you, and I wish that we had more time to keep chatting about it because it's been awesome. And uh, we're looking forward to having you on, and and we're happy to have you a part of our team. Uh, it's uh, pretty awesome because we we're pretty confident Rich France was not going to be our Hall of Famer. Um, so uh, we're glad. <laughs> we're we're glad I don't to know about that. We're glad to have you on, and uh, <laughs> hey, I got. I got part of it. I'm qualified. I'm older than 55. Oh, uh, well, you're right? you're part of the way there, Rich. Um, <laughs> How long were you racing? 25 years. So I'm 32 okay. years in the business. <laughs> we'll get together, man. I'll write your bio for you. I've got a pretty good record going right now. I, I'd I'd love for you to prove me wrong, Rich France. That would be fantastic. Ed Enlows, the uh, one of the newest members, part of the newest class of Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame members. You can catch him on uh, the weekends, flat rock. Or at, uh, that's the wrong guy. Uh, at uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dixie and at uh, Owasso Speedways. Ed, thanks so much for joining us tonight, and congratulations. Thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Well, my goodness. Um, I hate that we had to shut that down because <laughs> we could have just kept on going uh, with Ed. But, hey, congratulations. Well-deserved. Um, it's been a pleasure to work with him. And and um, you know what, Rich? It, it, I guess Ed going into the Hall of Fame means that there's hope for anybody, including you. I know I gave you a hard time, but... Maybe even you could get in. <laughs> only hope, only hope in age, Zach. Okay, that's, yeah, exactly. That's, all, that's the only thing I'm saying. I qualify for by age. I am now eligible. Hey, so, and I've been eligible for a few years. Ed said that he would write your bio for you if you'd like. Maybe that'll help. <laughs> well, let's let's get a little more work in this business before we think about that. Okay, that's, some good work, by the way. <laughs> sounds like a plan. Hey, you know what? We got to take a look at what's going on this weekend. A really solid schedule of racing in our area coming up this weekend. Yeah, Zach. On Friday, we'll start with the pavement, uh, and it's kind of pick your poison, whatever, whatever, I mean, whatever you like the most. Corganoro Speedway back, Northside towing down that Big 8 Super Late Model Series race number three. That'll be going on Friday night. Gates open at 5 p.m., racing at 7 p.m. And then uh, at Toledo Speedway, if you're looking for some fun and a little bit of racing, Monroe Superstore School Bus Figure 8. Uh, that's always a blast. It always tends to fill the, fill the house. Late Model Sportsman on the half mile, Figure 8s, factory stocks on the quarter mile, and a flagpole race. A lot of fun for the family. Gates open at 5.30, racing at 7.30 at Toledo Speedway, and tickets are available online for that event in advance at ToledoSpeedway.com. And then I want to invite you to come on up on the uh, 18th, this coming Friday, to Winston. Uh, they're going to have a great show with the Sunoco American Late Model Series, $5,000 to win. And uh, that should pull some pretty good names to come and race at Winston. Really racy facility. If you've never been there, my first trip was earlier this year, and I was not disappointed. Dean and the, the Wilkerson's there got a great thing going, and we're looking forward to joining them this Friday. Coverage will be available uh, at Horsepower Happenings. And then Rich, a jam-packed Saturday Midwest Modified Tour scheduled to be on location at Anderson coming up on Saturday the 19th. Uh, but 
not to be overshadowed, a really fun event coming up at Flat Rock. Yeah, you know they had they they they, they kind of spaced these events out a little bit, and and now it's the Arca Sierra Super Series time at Flat Rock Speedway. They always put on a great show. The Van Dorn Racing Development, one twenty five, one hundred and twenty five laps for the Arca Sierra Super Series. CRA Junior Late Models will also make an appearance on Saturday night along with the Street Stocks. Uh, Zach, a little, can we give a little pre-entry? For sure. But we already talked. Carson will be there. He already told us that tonight. Um, Hunter Jack will be there. Michael Simcoe will be there. Um, haven't seen, haven't heard about Brian Campbell. Maybe that depends on what happened to the motor in that 47 machine from a week ago. But uh, looks like we're going to have a solid field. 16 to 18 cars, which is just fine for Flat Rock Speedway. They'll put on a great show. Uh, pits open at 1.30 on Saturday if you'd like to get into the pits. Uh, practice and the front gates open at 4 p.m. with the first green flag fly for flying at 7 p.m. And then join Rich France at a local establishment after the races to celebrate his birthday. All right. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and, and I... A little bit of an announcement here. Uh, my my partner in crime, Gary Lindahl, decided to take the night off at Flat Rock. So um, I will be announcing the Arca Sierra Super Series event, uh, handling that duties for Champion Racing Association and for the CRA Junior Late Models. So uh, great to work with CRA. Worked with them before. Uh, great group. Uh, can't you know can't thank uh, glenn and, and greg enough for the opportunity for sure well we're looking forward to it it's going to be a great weekend of racing hopefully you can get on out and see something in your area great show coming up next monday check this out a little bit of a preview imca all-stars that is back in action on wednesday night they'll be at thunderbird raceway on the 23rd that's wednesday the 23rd and we're going to get a chance to talk with mr bowser himself about how this all came about and about the future of the series i understand they're adding new dates for this summer as well after the really good success at crystal so we're going to talk about that next monday the 21st here on horsepower happenings for ed inlows i, I, I want to say thank you to ed inlows and thank you to carson hosovar for joining us for rich france my co-host and for scott menlin who pays the bills i'm zach heiser thanking you so much for listening to horsepower happenings you've been listening to horsepower happenings Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com and be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.